0: Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Big Ken, a retired teacher bringing you lessons each week he's learned in the hobby by taking you behind the table and inside the mind of a dealer and a collector. Sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing
1: being graded here is the cards.
0: Welcome to the Sports Car Lessons podcast. I'm your host, Big Ken. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on a streaming service, please like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. You'll be notified whenever I drop any new content. Welcome and thanks for being here. Uh, another collaboration. We teased a part two uh, in part one with sports car therapist, and we decided to go ahead and do it back to back episodes. Um, So I hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, here we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen,
1: thank you for tuning in to part two of Rob Sports Card Therapist, Big Ken Sports Card Lessons. For myself, Sports Card Therapist, this is episode 216. And for my good friend, Ken, I believe this is episode 130.
0: 130,
1: yeah. Hey, Ken, how you doing, man?
0: I'm doing well, Rob. I'm doing well. Uh, we teased this uh, part two, and uh, now it's coming, Adam. So
1: we actually made it happen, doing two episodes in a row of all the episodes in the Club episodes we've done. I don't think we've ever done two in a row like this outside of like two Wolfpack episodes in a row. Yeah. So pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I and mean, actually, I think I and I and I don't want to prove you wrong, but maybe maybe I'm not proving you wrong. But I think wasn't the national? Didn't we do three of those? It wasn't like part one, part two, part three.
1: You know what? I don't know what I remember. I don't remember what I had for lunch this <laughs> afternoon.
0: So you could yeah. be right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who knows? That was so long ago, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like it's like the night before, right? It's the hangover the next day. You, you sometimes you remember, but a lot of times you don't remember, right? No. And we've been talking about that national hangover, right? So maybe maybe that's what that that's what's throwing us off.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. And, you know, I think so. The title of this episode is Slowing Down to Refocus. And, you know, I think throwing out the idea of having a, uh, a national hangover, right? I, I think that's a pretty... Like, it seems like kind of an obvious answer and a simple answer, but the thing is, and I know that not everyone is slowing down, you know, I'm always seeing things through my lens, you're seeing things through your lens, but it does feel like there's been a lot of slowing down recently with just, you know, buying in general and, um, and just, you know, overall hobby stuff. And I'm looking at card ladder and I'm seeing just about every single category still going down and, um. You know, so I don't know if it's actually a national
0: hangover or if that's just one ingredient in the whole recipe. And you know, we we you know, we're so focused on the cards here, right? The buying, the selling, the the show stuff, the online stuff. But I I think like. I know I'm sending cards out to PSA. I've been, i sent, I have a couple of orders out at PSA right now and they've only received them. So back in, back in the spring, back in, you know, May, June, July, I would send an order in. three days later they would accept it. Right. And then it was, I could watch it go through the things and six weeks later, those cards were coming back. Now I have one, I have orders starting in July, August, September, and now October. They're just received they've done nothing else. They haven't even, they haven't even gone to step one. All they show is received. And I even called, uh, I even called PSA and I said, what, what is going on? Like back in the spring, you guys were accepting these cars right away and putting it in and they're saying, Oh, you know, their standard answer. Oh, we have 60 days to, to whatever. I said, yeah, I know, but you weren't taking 60 days back in the spring. So why are, you know, I have, you know, my, my July order, is is what is this 90 days i mean it's well over the 60 days and they've done nothing with it yet so i don't even know if they're slowing down if they're so overwhelmed or they're just slowing down what they're doing there as well
1: yeah i'm not sure um uh, i feel like a birdie told me or it could have been just hobby info um that PSA was laying people off for a while and I think and and I'm not sure how true that is but I know that they you know when you go from taking a six to nine month stoppage of taking cards and then you ramp back up at the level that they did but then you have the hobby correction happening at the same time I there's been a lot of instability i would imagine within psa and really you know i don't want to say all grading companies because you have grading companies like sgc that is really feels like just has not skipped a beat i feel like in the last two to three years beckett has been completely thrown under the bus and they're you know what a distant number three now it seems like and PSA's just really had its ups and downs and whatnot mm-hmm. um, but SGC does seem like it's maintained some kind of reasonable level of stability and I don't know if you've been seeing this but I've been seeing you know whether if it's in you know Instagram story sales or if it's in Facebook groups or Twitter threads I am seeing so many more SGC graded cards modern football modern baseball, modern soccer. It
0: seems like it's just so much SGC. And I think it's because people know they're going to get them back. SGC is still this company that's saying, if you send it to us, we're going to get it back in this amount of time and you're going to get your card back and they've, they've stuck by that. And you know, would I have gone to SGC if I known these hockey cards that I submitted for grading in July and August? that, you know, here it is October and they've done nothing with them yet. You know, hockey season is now started, right? So, you know, I, I, I thought, you know, I'm being smart and I'm getting these things graded, but I, I guess if I was even smarter, I would have just graded them through SGC. So I would have guaranteed I would have had them back and, and, you know, ready for sale, you know, at the beginning, just before and during, you know, the hockey season. So I don't know when these other cards are even going to come back. I mean, the, the it, it, it could be December, January. Who knows when these cards are going to come back now from grading. And it and it kind of throws a wrench into what I'm doing. You know, like I, I think I'm planning ahead and I'm going to have cards for the next show and next month and, and this season and that season. Now I can't even I can't even, you know, uh, rely on that. Yeah. And, you know.
1: The whole slowing down to refocus thing, um, you know, it's it's been something that I know for me, you know, I think about, okay, I'm great at multitasking, but I also am great at getting carried away when something feels really good, you know? And I think, you know, getting mail days feels really good. Scrolling feels really good. Buying cards feels really good. But by... I think having a lot of mail days and just making a lot of impulse purchases, even if it is going straight toward a PC that you are building, I think it can lead to, like, some dopamine distractions, okay? I think it can lead to some dopamine distractions, and what I mean by that is... Every time, the whole reason why shopping and gambling and spending money is what's considered a secondary addiction. The first one being like alcohol, drugs, that kind of stuff. But a secondary addiction is because the shopping. It, we're constantly getting these you know, little dopamine blasts every time we make purchases, right? If we look at our wives or our girlfriends or you know, maybe someone that we know that's getting Amazon packages every single day, that's probably something they're dealing with. I know I've dealt with that as well, but I feel like a big part of me slowing down, it's been for a few reasons. I feel like part of it has been finances, right? I feel like part of it's been finances. Um, I, I've found in the last, three to six months, I really have not had the extra finances to put toward cards. So I have money in my card fund, so to speak, but I'm used to weekly contributing to that card fund regardless of whatever the circumstances are. But it seems like with inflation and gas and the price of you know, a pound of ground beef being $9 instead of five, you know, like all these things kind of add up and these expenses just feel like they've continued to accumulate. And that's taken a toll I know on me buying in me for um, freely spending. And I think there's probably a lot of people out there that are listening to this or that are watching this that can identify with that And that's why we're seeing that kind of market correction so much over these last couple of years. I don't know what your thoughts are
0: on that. Um, I can't say that, you know, in the in this sports card lessons household, the budget, uh, the uh, the brains of the operation does all the budgeting. So uh, but but I do know that. You know, the e- even like groceries and things like that are becoming more expensive. There's more money that needs to go into that budget. Um, I know when I'm going and getting gas, it used to cost me 50 something dollars to fill up. Now it costs me almost $80 to fill up. So, you know, I see it happening, you know, around me. Um, I, I don't know, I would have to say, because I've owned a business for so many years, i can tell you when i I always know um when the economy is is maybe not good or you know people are spending now more than they expected to spend uh, this time of year because I think I think people are, are preparing for the holidays and things like that so there's nothing extra there, there's no extra that goes in you know no, nobody's out spending some extra money here and extra money there because they're saying geez, I have to save now here it is October Thanksgivings only so many weeks away and then there's the holidays you know through through December and January and 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 a lot of times when when the economy is not good, you know, through my business, I can see it, it'll usually January, February, March, it'll all start to pick up again if, if there's a slowdown. So I think that has a lot to do with it, too. Um, as far as the card market. I mean, there's still people selling a ton of stuff I go through and I understand what you mean about the little dopamine and buying things. Like I see people, I, I spend all day going through Facebook and Instagram and looking at a lot of these things for sale and, and, and I, I see the prices holding firm. <laughs> And, and I want to say that because these cards that come out, I'll be like, oh, that would be a great card if I could get into that, at, you know, and then put that in my inventory to go sell it a show. And by the time I reach out to somebody, it's already sold and, 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 it, and it sold more than I was about to offer.
1: Give me give me an example of a card that you see holding firm.
0: Um, so right now I'm looking at hockey and I've been, you know, I've been looking at hockey and and I'll see, say, like a a, a call Cofield, Young Guns, right? Uh, and I'm not, you know, I, I could go with the Connor McDavid and things like that, but but I feel that the some of those players that they're the prices were so inflated to begin with, there's really they're not going to go anywhere. So now if we go uh, to, to somebody who's, you know, a rookie just a few years ago, a 2021 rookie and his, his PSA 10, um, young guns is more expensive than most. Cause most young guns in, you know, probably around a hundred, I'm going to say average of a hundred dollars, anywhere from say 50, 70 to one twenty one thirty 30. So you take a cold call field, right. And, and, the price, it's, you know, $300 for, for a card like that. So I was buying these cards at, you know, 240, 225 in the summertime. You yeah, know. but that was off season. So that makes complete sense to me. Yeah, but, but now they're holding strong. Like you would think if... What,
1: what year is that call Cofield card that you're talking about? 21. Okay, so what was that exact card selling for exactly a year ago?
0: That's how you measure it. So probably close to, and I'm going to say, I think around four, over 300, I'm going to say 350, 375. So it's down from last year. I would say yes. Yep.
1: So yeah. And so like I hear people talking and I've said it too, right? I mean, these are tremendous buying opportunities. Cards are continuing to come down, but I think at times, when you're looking at some of these cards and you're thinking about making some of these big splashes, it could almost feel like trying to catch a falling knife, right? (laughs) Like like you see it falling and you're like, oh my God, I got to grab that. It's falling. But then you're like, I don't know. It might be dangerous. Like Mm -hmm. how many times has someone bought a card on the way down and has it gone back up? You know, I could remember like a couple of years ago, Uh, in the offseason, I was loading up on Kyler Murray, right? And I think you probably remember that. I was loading up on Kyler. I was getting some incredible Kyler cards in the offseason, like flawless rookies. Um, I had multiple flawless RPAs of him, uh, flawless patches, all this stuff. And it seemed like, and it's because I really believed in his talent. But at the end of the day, I think when it comes to buying almost anything modern, It's not about the talent of a guy. It's about the hype. So what I realize, like if I'm buying modern and I'm doing it for a flip, then I can't look at it like what's this guy's talent level gonna be? Like I have to try to measure what the hype is gonna be. When I think about Justin thinks it's worth I think about Justin Fields, right? And He was obviously one of the hottest quarterbacks in the offseason. But I wonder, I think about how much of that hype was created because everyone knew the National was in Chicago this year. And so I think that, I'll speak for myself, I didn't buy any Justin Fields, but I'm like, yeah, Justin Fields would probably be somewhat of a smart buy In March and April because three four months down the line we're going to be in Chicago and we think there's going to be a lot of Chicago fans there and that would be an easy sell but when so many people were thinking that and so many people were pushing the narrative of Justin Fields as a hot buy that kind of manifested into the him his market going through the roof. And I don't think it was going through the roof for the same reason that Trevor Lawrence's was going through the roof. I don't think it's because people believed he was going to come out and throw for 40 touchdowns this season or even 30.
0: Yeah, I mean, first of all, I knew it was bad for Justin Fields when we were at the national and people were coming with these, you know, these rookie RPA cards and they were trying to trade me for Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes cards. I mean, right. So, so I knew right then, you know, I was happy to not probably not have any Justin Fields at that time. And we all know where I was the year before with the Mac Jones and, and the Zach Wilson cards. Right. So I got burned on that. So this year, you know what i did i mean i moved all those i i somebody asked me the other day do, do, you know do you still have any more Ritters? i said no i got rid of them all because because i'm I, curious you, know, you got burned on mac jones the year before yet this year you were buying up Ritter. you were literally doing the same thing i was doing the same thing but i was i plan i never planned on having one Ritter card when he actually started playing whether, whether, not saying that, hey, I knew he was going to play well or he wasn't going to play well, because we know quarter, a quarterback could go out and play well and his cards could tank, right? Because you just said it yourself. It's really not about how well they play. It's about the perception. It's about the hype of, of, of the player. So if you just go buy the hype on a player, but you sell it before that player can ever either show you that he's worth the hype or he wasn't worth the hype, then it really doesn't matter, right? I mean, we're not getting rich on this, but we're, we're picking them up and we're moving. Some them. people are getting rich on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not buying the, the, those 10, 15, $20,000 Ritters, you know, I'm buying the, the two, three, $400 Ritters and selling them for four five, $600, you know, because that's what I do that, you know, that's where I'm at. But, you know, and hockey is a little bit different. Right. So hockey, you don't see a lot of hype going into not here anyways, maybe in Canada you do, but you don't see a lot of hype coming in. But you can go out and buy these young gun cards for 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 dollars. Right. Send them the PSA. You know, if you can get a 10 now, you've got what, 40 dollars, 45 dollars invested into it. If that card goes up to 70, 80, 90 dollars, I mean, you did pretty well. If it didn't, you can still get your money out of it. You know, it's a lot different um, w- with football that everybody wants to buy the raw card and grade it to sell the card because they're, they're looking for that 10 and that 10x on that card. But then all of a sudden what we find is there's so many of those cards out there. People are just selling them cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. So now it, it comes out to which cards do you need? Because there's a whole lot more football cards out there in in, in one season than there is hockey. Right. And, and, and I think probably basketball is the same way too. So if you're not, if you're not, it goes all the way back to SGC. Cause I hear people talking about this, the content I, I I'm listening to people say, look, the best thing to do, take this card, get it to SGC, get it graded, be first to market and sell it and turn it for a profit, a profit. Right. And then, you know, move on right to the next card. You know, it, it's, it's, it's the Walmart attitude. You want to sell, you want to sell in bulk. Right. You want to sell in quantity. You sell a, a million things and you're making twenty five cents. You know, you're going to make money on it. So and, and, I, and I think that, that, you know, that it's a lot to do with, you know, what why this market is flooded with, with so many slabs right now. Well, yeah. And we've talked before. I think this is more than likely
1: the junk slab era right we talk about the junk wax era being like 84 85 to like 94 95 you know just over printing of cards and now all we're seeing are so many slabs i mean there are icy slabs that come out right i'll see them at shows i'll see them on ebay on auction whatever the case and you can clearly tell by the serial number that it's been graded within the last 3 to 6 months it's been graded within the last 3 to 6 months it could be a psa 10 and these cards are going for $15 <laughs> and so it's like and it costs $19 I, to grade it it costs $19 to grade it And if you're buying the card raw, raw usually sells right around PSA nine comps. So even if a PSA nine comp is say like 12 bucks and then you're paying 19 or 20 to grade it at 32 and now it's only selling for 15, it just, it doesn't make sense. It's almost like people are not smart or they don't thoroughly and really think through which cards are the best to send. I mean, regardless, like obviously they're probably checking out the condition and stuff like that. But, um,
0: no, but you think you send 50 cards in, you go out and you buy 50 cards, anywhere from a buck to 10 bucks or 12 bucks and you buy 50 cards, right? And you, and you, you think these have the ability to get tens and you send them all in. And out of that 50, 50 cards, say, 20 come back tens. So that's, that's going to pay for, you know, all those eights and nines that you're going to end up selling for. I,
1: and I definitely realized that, but what, what I'm saying is why would someone send in a second year Don Russ, Trevor Lawrence card to PSA for grading because even a PSA ten of those are going for like eighteen dollars. Yeah. And I'm just kind of making up that example. Yeah, but you're right. Like,
0: that's that's not a smart move.
1: Why are they even sending in cards that if they PSA 10 mm. they won't make much money back on? Yeah. You know, so it's like there's just such a junk slab era that it feels like we're kind of in and and I think um when it comes to pumping these players, when it comes to pumping, them, am like, like, I just can't imagine. I know that there are some people out there that do this full time and and, you know, kudos to you guys. Um, I, I, I think it, when someone is doing this full time and this is how their income, this is what their income is based on. I feel like that just opens up the door for so many potential shady tactics. Right, not even just shill bidding, not even just shilling your own cards, right? But like you know, the whole pump and dump thing, and and I know that there's you know there's people on Instagram, there's people on YouTube that will go and, and it's almost like they make a decision. It's like come February or March, they're like, okay, let me look at this crop of new quarterbacks or first year quarterbacks. Who am I going to completely put this money into? I want to pick one or two guys. I don't want to just spread it out um i want to i want to pick one or two guys and i want to pump this guy to the moon and you see content creators that do this and 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 they start really really like pumping them really pumping them and i see a lot of like well-known collectors like well-known they 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 have a lot of power and sway in this hobby and on their platforms whether if it's on their instagram like their instagram story like they'll like anonymously call out these guys and it's like and awesome glad you're doing that glad you're bringing attention to it right but it's like if you're gonna call them out like call them out don't just be like oh boy glad i'm not pumping sam Howell cards or anything like that and it's like and it's clear that a lot of these like content creators or these people that work for these big companies are like you're clearly talking about someone like Rothcards, right? Someone like Rothcards, you're clearly talking about him. So I will consistently message people when I see them call out people, but not actually say the name. And I'm like, why aren't you saying the name? If you're going to call out someone, call them out. And I've prob- there's probably people that listen are listening to this right now that I've specifically done that to. Why aren't you calling them out? If you're talking about Roth cards, say his name. <laughs> like, why not? You know hey, what you I mean? Afraid. And and I'm not saying I'm fully calling out Roth cards, but I could remember probably like a year ago, he had posted something and I don't follow him. I don't see what he does or anything like that. But someone sent me a story post of what he had done. And, and I screenshotted it. And I could remember tagging him and saying, this guy's an idiot don't follow him because basically what he was saying was like he's like man if you have a vision and you're like if you have a vision and you're not sure of what you're gonna do like drop out like go all in drop out of school you know remortgage your house go all in you have to believe in yourself if you don't believe in yourself no one will believe in you and i'm like it was and i'm paraphrasing this but i can remember like doing that emoji where like my hand is on my chin and i'm like that is such stupid and irresponsible like advice to give to people especially if you have a following especially if you have like a young following and these young kids are seeing you and thinking that's the way to go you know what I mean, and and I know you know I had talked about Shay way on a couple episodes ago with Adam Gray, and you know now all these like videos are kind of popping up of Shay, and and there was a video of him. He's like, yeah, I sold my Mercedes and bought a Super Fractor, and like for some reason that became like a big video and stuff like that. But it's like, um, yeah, like if if you want to do that, great. Chances are, I, I'm I'm quite certain though that Shay was not skipping any meals by selling his Mercedes for a super But what I could imagine kids doing though, are probably taking it and, and selling things that they probably need. Like, let me sell my school books. Let me sell my laptop, you know, and, and do that. So it's like, so I think sometimes when I hear these kinds of messages, um, if, if, if i feel some type of way about it i'm going to say something i'm gonna say someone's name and i don't know and i and i didn't plan on like actually saying this or talking about this on today's episode but it's like we always hear like that phrase bad actors and it's like you know there's so many people that just don't like jeff wilson right for you know good bad or indifferent but like the only people I actually see truly calling him out are like the meme accounts.
0: Hmm.
1: Like if you're going to constantly like reference Jeff Wilson, but like not say his name, like say his name then. Like, you know, grow a set and say someone's name. And I'm not saying I want Jeff Wilson to start getting called out like crazy, but in my opinion, it's like grow a set and say like say their names because to me the message really falls flat when you don't. And that's one thing I can say about the watchdogs in the hobby is that, like, they do. The watchdogs actually do. I think I just clicked out for a minute. But but the watchdogs actually call out people. And I think as long as you're not, like, truly getting personal, as long as you're not just trying to tear them down, for the sake of tearing them down, but you're coming with some sort of explanation or backing for why you're saying something. Like to me, it it feels hollow if someone's just making a random statement and I have no idea what the context is.
0: Yeah. And a lot of times too, you know, if somebody starts coming at somebody and then they don't want to call them out. I mean, a lot of times it's, you know, They may be protecting themselves, too, because I don't care who you are. If you've been around here long enough, there's probably something somebody can call out on you, right, or go back and pull up something that maybe you've said or you weren't quoted the right way or something like that. But I think a lot of times what happens is when people are on there and they and they don't want to call, you know, call out people on there, it's because they don't want the backlash. They don't want people coming back to them and saying, oh, you want to call us out? All right, let's call you out and start digging through what you're doing and what you've been doing. And people don't want that. So, you know, they want it. You know, the, the negative the negative content everyone feels brings the views, right And that's what everybody wants the views. So they want them as far as, as they can get them, but they don't want to call somebody out like literally call somebody out because you know they don't want to be attacked. they, they just want to be on the offense all the time. They don't want to have to play defense. Uh, and, and, and the people who come out and they say, you know, this is who I am. This is who I'm calling out. These are the people that are willing to play defense. You know, they truly believe, you know, in their heart of hearts, what they're saying, and it needs to be called out and they need to, you know, put somebody on blast. Then, you know, I'm going to be the one to do it. And this is who I am. And I'm, I'm throwing you on blast for that. And then, you know, let the fireworks begin from there. But, you know, uh, you know it's negativity if you go through the content with all the negativity because people feel that those negativity bring the viewers and i and i think in some cases they probably do and this is why
1: it all great points but this is why in my mind if you're going to call someone out try to take everything that's personal out of it right like like I'm calling like like I don't like what this person said and this is why. You know what I mean because there's so much more to that. It's like it's like if if I don't know. I don't know. Like let us know what the reasoning is. Let us know because then that might be able to add some context like oh, you know what? It's making me think. Now it's making my wheels turn like, oh, you know what? Yeah, like shilling is bad, but tell me more about shilling. Not just calling out someone because they shilled and then really that's it. But like, because it's a missed opportunity, I feel like when someone gets called out for a behavior, but then, and I'm not saying dig deeper in his past or dig deeper in what this guy's done. But what I'm saying is dig deeper in terms of why is he getting called out? Because I feel like when someone does something wrong, I believe in first chances, second chances, third chances, fourth chances. I never want to cancel anyone. I really don't. But I feel like when we don't discuss the actions behind it it's a it's a missed opportunity and all we do is open up the doors for that kind of behavior to happen again maybe not from not from that person but from someone else because every day we're having People join the hobby, right? The hobby is continuing to kind of, you know, filter people out. Some people leave. Some people, you know, stop spending for a while. They put their cards in the shoebox or the Zion case. They put it in their closet. Maybe they step back for a couple of years. You have new people coming in who are giving it a shot, and it's like I think that that's why I enjoy listening to content where I'm continuing to be entertained
0: and educated at the same time. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you just talked about putting your cards away in a box and you know, for a few years or whatever, a lot of that's just life getting in the way. Right. I mean, you talk about like maybe people stepping away from the hobby and, and, and stepping back or refocusing and things like that. Um, You think about the people, the, the money they put into this hobby, you know, if you've got a young family like you do at home, I mean, you would be a perfect example, you know, when, when you jumped back in the hobby, you know, I, you can correct me. I think your daughter was just born, you know, when you, when you jumped back into the hobby, you know, now you have, you know, child number two and you've got things going on. So maybe, you know, the expenses you had that was available then, maybe not so much available now. And that happens to a lot of people, someone like me, I'm at, I'm I'm past all that. So it's, 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 you know, it's a, it's a fun time for me to be, to be in the hobby. You know, I don't, I don't have you know many things I need to answer to, but there are a lot of people that that come and go in this hobby, back and forth. And sometimes people, you know, and I'm coming around full circle too. Sometimes people do things in the hobby because uh, it really becomes money driven, right? It really becomes like. Like, okay, I'm into these cards for whatever and I need to get out of these cards because the money needs to go into something else and become money-driven. And sometimes, you know, you get back, you know, when, when things become money-driven, sometimes you get some bad actors out there, right? Sometimes you get people doing things that, you know, maybe a little shady or things like that. And, and you know, it, it, it's a shame, but it does happen. And, and you're talking about believing in first and second and third chances. You know, you're a good good person for that. There's a lot of people out there. So you get one shot at it you know, you, 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 you mess up, you're, you're done with me, you know, you're dead to me type of thing. So, yeah. But, yeah. But anyway, look, we're talking about refocusing, right. And uh, I want to refocus and I want to ask you, so what do you, you know, as far as refocusing in your mind, your collection, you know, where you're at in the hobby, how are you refocusing? What, do, what do you, you know, what are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? What, are, what, what changes have you made? What, different things are you doing
1: yeah i think you know going back over the last six months i was just on a a buying spree of you know just a lot of eli manning stuff eli's my guy he's he is absolutely my guy and um i think now i'm when I'm making a purchase, I'm, I'm trying to have much more, um, a much more focused intention behind it. I don't want to buy just to buy, you know, I don't want to buy just to watch my collection grow. I want to continue to curate it and, and truly be quality over quantity, you know? And, and one thing that I've been noticing is that like, oh, there's a lot of Eli cards that are getting shilled. There's a lot of Eli cards that are getting sold, and a week later they pop up for sale again. You know, same, same consigner, same yeah. seller, whatever the case. And um so that's kind of taken a little wind out of my sales too, is noticing like, okay, like some of these cards are going for either a more than they should. Or B, the bidding history. When I look at when I look at the bids that are coming in, they just don't seem right, you know. So, so there's there's a few things going on, um, but I think you know between uh, you know I've continued over the last year to really explore Type One photos. Uh, so Type One photos, you know, I'm still obviously very heavy in vintage and and um, the Eli stuff, but my 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 spending has been much more intentional rather than impulsive.
0: Hmm. Nice. And I kind of feel the same way. You know, you're talking about Eli being shilled. I think everything is shilled. We've had this conversation. I'm I'm trying to buy cards and and I, I'm so look, I know this is what I'm willing to pay for it. And I'm always the last. And then one more person outbids me. And then a few days later I see that same card come back up. And it and it happens over and over. It gets to a point where I'm like, I really want that card, but you know, I I just don't want to keep going through this all the time and i'm kind of happy that with trinity rodman there's only so many of her cards right it's yeah. not you, you know there it's only there's only 3 years worth and there's only so many of them so it's kind of cool that i really you know can hone in and be super focused on certain cards that i don't cuz i have mostly all her cards but there's a handful that i don't have that i'm uh you know th- that that i get focused on but but i do have to say one thing that you know i know how big you are with your vintage and I have to say, at most of the shows that I've been at and listening to people, as I love to listen to people talk, I'll just go up to a table and listen to conversations. And at, this weekend, when we were at one of the shows, and you know, there there was a conversation about vintage and the cards. And one thing I hear them say all the time, and it's and it and I'm sure you hear this all the time, but for someone like me who's never in vintage, you know, they say they're not making any more of those. You know, so it, it, it's it's interesting to think that we're kind of in a time now, uh, and this is really getting my mind thinking about vintage, you're kind of in a time now where, and, and I'm going to bring this to when I was in high school, right, we, we could buy card, cars you know, to drive for $500, three, four, $500, register them, drive them for a few months, sell them and get another one. And these weren't just any cars. These were Camaros. These were Chevelles. These were, you know, Firebirds, you know, Novas. They were cars where today, like those cars are, you know, 50, 80, hundred thousand dollars if they're, you know, if they're restored well and things like that. And my mind keeps churning. Like we had a time now where if, if, I don't jump in a little bit on this vintage. Am I going to miss out? Like, Is is there going to be a time where these cards are going to dry up and you're not going to see them? And when you do, they're going to be so much more expensive over the next 10, 15, 20 years. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I
1: mean, I would say no, to be honest with you. And I think there's a lot of vintage collectors that feel that that yes, that is the case, and that that is part a small sliver of what does drive the vintage market. But what I would say is, for as many new collectors that come into the vintage area, there continues to be vintage collections that are found for the first time ever from eighty years ago, you know, or hundred years ago. I mean, it feels like there's there. there you know, people are constantly unearthing vintage cards that have never seen the market before. And I think about how many of those vintage cards probably might be stored away either by accident or with purpose. Um, But yeah, you're right. There are, they are not making them anymore, but there are a lot more to go around. You know, there are more to go around. I mean, there's, there's, you know, a couple thousand 52 Mickey Mantles out there that have been graded. You know, when you look at some of the most high-end LeBron RPAs, there's, you know, 500 or less. And especially if you're talking about the big ones, we're talking about 99 or less or 23 or less. So, you know, when you talk about a 52 mantle, um, you know, there's a couple thousand. But I think that there's so much that goes into the reason why, um, you know, the reason why people, myself included, really hold... Vintage up to the standard that we do, you know, and that's because uh, You know grade um, impact on the era, you know, we're talking about um, You know championships we're talking about legacies. We're talking about people having true true nostalgia Um, you know um, proven statistics proven winners And, you know, I think that the vintage collector is absolutely one of the smartest collectors out there because there's so much to to really focus on. So your answer is? It's a wash. My answer is it's a wash. It's a wash. Okay. It's a wash because I think there's, if you see the amount of T206 cobs that are for sale on auction every week on PWCC, there's no shortage of them. Yeah, they're not rare, they're not scarce. Yeah. Now it's not to the point that junk wax was. Yeah. But there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them out there. So if you wanted one, you can get one. Will the prices continue to go up? I think so. Yeah. But but, but yeah, it's, so but as
0: as far as a collection, it almost seems like if you were going to collect something that you wanted to be sure that it, it it held its value and had the ability to go up over a, a longer period of time compared to what our options are now with all these current cards coming out. I would almost think that would be money well spent into more into vintage cards. You know, then than- it, it, it's a market that has stood the test of time. Yeah. And I'm going to go with the
1: old cliche, Babe Ruth is not going out and tearing an ACL tomorrow, <laughs> Mickey Mantle is not either. There's really not much you're going to be able to do to um, to take away any of the luster or, you know, scuff any of the shine that Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, Jackie Robinson, Ernie Banks, um, I could just go on and on, have had, you know, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron have had. On, on not only the sport but the culture in general so there's you know it, it's in stone it's it's in stone now a lot of these guys their stories haven't been written yet you know a lot of these modern guys and then you look at you look at players like joe montana a decent amount of michael jordan cards a decent amount of shaquille o'neal cards like like their playing day cards were so overly printed with the exception of you know a handful of different sets but a lot of them were so overly printed that there's not a ton of super valuable you know legends cards like Shaq, shaquille o'neal i know there are i know there are people are probably going to flood my dms with you know (laughs) with different flawless 101 uh patch autos and and golds out of tens and stuff but you know that there's really not though playing day cards so i think you know modern has truly stood the or vintage has stood the test of time but with that being said i do have to wrap up okay so did you have any final thoughts any point i'm actually so tonight i'm actually going to um my daughter just started pre-K. It's her first school, you know. She started pre-K about four weeks ago. And tonight is the first night that parents are allowed to go to the school, meet the teachers,
0: and uh, see the classroom. Just the I'm psyched, man. Just the beginning, kid. Oh, I'm yeah, psyched. Pre- I
1: can't wait, man. She's having yeah. a little fundraiser. She's selling cookies and pies. I'm yeah. so psyched. I am so <laughs>
0: psyched. Yeah. I many years of that. Uh, and and it's enjoy it all. That's all I'm gonna say to you. Just enjoy it all because it goes by fast. No, I appreciate right. that, man. Yeah. Well, listen, yeah.
1: thank you so much, man. Uh, I know we'll be getting together again um, within the next two weeks for another collab episode. So, thank you very much. Thank you, man. Any final thoughts or anything?
0: No, no, this is a great episode. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, you know, pry some of that, you know, information out of you, and I'm, I'm happy to, uh, you know, just, just kind of be able to re- report in about. You know what we're doing as far as our refocusing and things like that because i I don't think we're the only ones going through it i think there's a ton of people in the hobby going through this and i think you know this is going to make a lot of sense to them too
1: absolutely all right everyone thank you for tuning in don't
0: forget take care of yourselves and your collection until next time be good to yourselves and everyone around you take care rob thanks a lot ken